Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find the full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Welcome to the Country Music Talk podcast. Hello, I'm Baylin Leonard. You can join me on Absolute Radio Country weekdays for the no-repeat guarantee. All you need to do is download the free Absolute Radio app or ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. Now, on this episode, I'm joined by a man who has racked up 20 country number ones in the last 10 years, and he's worked with the biggest names in country music. In fact, he is one of the biggest names in country music, Thomas Rhett. This is the Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. I'm Baylin Leonard. This is Absolute Radio Country, and today I'm joined by a giant of the country music scene, a man who's racked up no fewer than 20 country number ones in less than 10 years. That's fast doing. Uh, six <laughs> top 10 albums. He's written hit songs for loads of people as well. Lee Bryce, Florida Georgia Line, so many more recorded with some of our favorite artists, Keith Urban, Russell Dickerson, and Katy Perry. What? Katy Perry on a country station? Uh, we're so excited to have him here in the studio. Thomas Rhett, TR to his friends and neighbors. Up, Welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's good to see you. Good to see you as well. I, I was thinking... It's been a while since you've been over. It has. It's been. I think it's been since 2018. A lot has happened in your life since yeah, 2018. Not just I think a couple more kids. Yes. You know, man, it's 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 been way too long. The last time I actually saw you on stage, uh, I was over in Nashville in June for CMA Fest. CMA Fest, yeah. And there you were, 70,000 people, 80,000 people, whatever it is, <laughs> in that in that stadium at the end, absolutely owning it. Oh man, I've been going to that festival since I was like five. Really? Uh huh. Because it used to be called Fanfare. Yeah. And, and it was in like a parking lot or something. It was like basically right? in a parking yeah. lot. And I used to go with my dad, you know, back in 1995, 96, when he was kind of first getting going in the in the scene. And and so I've been going to Fanfare slash CMA Fest since a little kid. And I remember being, you know, in high school. And uh, if dad couldn't get us any tickets, me and my friends would, you know, scalp them outside the stadium and <laughs> right, try, okay. to, try to find the cheapest nosebleed ticket we could find. And you know, watching my heroes play, you know, mm. my, at least as a 15, 16 year old kid watching Eric Church and Al Dean and Alan Jackson and, you know, watching Faith Hill and, and, and all of these people that I grew up listening to and was a huge fan of as a high schooler. And then once I got into this business, I'll never forget my very first stadium play. I think it was in 2014 or 15, just being like, man, I would just look up at those sections that I would scalp tickets in. And you're, you know, you're, you're kind of the guy doing it on stage now. So that's important, though. I think ride. you know because you 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 totally have the perspective of what it's like to be in that a last fan. row yeah, no as doubt. a fan, just yeah. so excited to be there for sure. And and as a performer on stage, I mean, let's face it, not everybody has had that experience for sure. You know, where where they've kind of struggled to get into a gig like that and yeah. just been so excited to be there. And so for you as a performer to do that literally playing to the cheap seats in some For sort sure. of way, you know, For like sure. l- making them feel as included as possible yeah. as well. And it's, there's an art to it, Manny. You know, I, yeah. I remember playing that because that would have been like my first ever go at playing in a stadium. And then I think in 2017, we got asked to go out with Kenny Chesney for his summer football stadium tour. Oh, yeah. And Did he uh, let you wear shoes? He never wears shoes. He never wears shoes. Did he let you wear <laughs> shoes? Yeah. And, and the whole pit is just sand. They call it the sandbar. <laughs> right. It was amazing. Um, but I remember getting out there a couple of shows being like, I just don't know how to do this. It's just too big. I don't know how to interact with anyone. And then over the course of a few shows, you know, watching Kenny Chesney just own a stadium, I feel like you, you start to learn how to make eye contact with the people in the back at the very top. Even yeah. though you can't see their face, it, it, I, I would just watch Kenny 
work different areas of the stadium. And I was like, man, no wonder he's doing this, you know, and he's been doing it for 20 years. And so every kind of different room has its own way that you kind of work the stage, you know, and yeah. so stadiums are, they're, they're a beast. And then, then you kind of, you kind of learn it. So I would imagine that you don't get a lot of opportunities now at that, you know, with all of your success to play a small room. Honestly, I get more nervous playing small rooms than I do big rooms right. now. Um, because you can see everybody. <clears throat> I think cause you can see everybody and like, you know, in between your songs, there is no like pyro hit there's <laughs> yeah there's no cryo that just ended a song it's just like and we're done and now it's like now what do tell I us say? a story tell a story or a joke that doesn't flop you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes but i have gotten to do a few of those this year and they're my favorite to be honest with you because that's how i began mm. you know what i mean like when i was a brand new artist we did this thing called radio tour oh yeah and you know it was like just me and my radio rep going to every single radio station in north america going to a, where you would probably eat lunch in this building <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of people that are sitting in there and they're just like impress us um now when we get when we get to do like songwriters rounds or you know exclusive like acoustic performances with like no more than 30 people it's just a blast because you really get to talk to every single person in the mm. room rather than speaking generally yeah to 15 plus thousand people so it's it, I love it. It's so it's so fun to me. It's absolutely radio country. I'm Baylen Leonard. We're here with Thomas Rhett. I always, whenever uh, I play you music, which very often we we play you a, a lot on well, absolutely radio country. I appreciate you, that. you are absolutely welcome. I always say Thomas Rhett, TR to his friends and neighbors, yeah. because uh, loads of people call you TR. Yeah. And you also have one of those names where it doesn't feel right just to say Thomas. I have to say Thomas Rhett for sure. You know, people have those friends that you have to say their full right. name. Right. So do we call you Thomas? Do we call you TR? This TR. is for everyone. Perfect. TR. TR is perfect, yeah. All right, everybody. I've, only got, I've got a couple loud. of high school friends that still call me Tom. That's okay. what I was in okay. high school. My wife can't stand it. Um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people think that Rhett is my last name, but it's my middle name. And growing up in the South, like double names are very, oh, yeah. very relevant. Like my two oldest kids are double named Willa Gray, Ada James. Perfect. And people don't call them Willa or Ada. So, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like just how it is so you were talking about going to fan fest when you were a kid and being a fan but did you always want to be an artist like was that your thing and obviously you know with your dad and kind of all that yeah. and, and being a part of that people go one of two ways when they're kind of raised in that right they're like i am going to be an accountant right or that you know i obviously want to be a, a, an artist which was yeah. it for you well but based on my grades in high school and college <laughs> there was not much of a future for me to be an accountant that okay. is for Doug, i'm sure but i did i went to college for three years and i majored in uh, communications and at that point in my life like oh, okay what dad did did not seem like what I wanted to do I was kind of intrigued in the in the songwriting side of things but was not intrigued of being gone all the time because I experienced a dad be gone a lot yeah of course. and I was just like that's too much and so I dropped out of college as a junior and I signed a publishing deal and I started writing with my dad and a bunch of people around Nashville and Started to get a couple of cuts. I think my first cut ever was on a Jason Aldean record, and then I got like a Joe Nichols cut, and then like a Scotty McCurry cut, and I was like, man, this is cool. Maybe I could, you know, do this for a living. And there was something in me that when I heard my first single on the radio, I was like, dang, this would be really cool to hear a song that I wrote with my voice on it on the radio. And, and that's when I started to kind of shop around for a record deal. And so, oh, you got a taste for it. I got a taste. You got for a it, taste and for I, and it. I signed a record deal when I was 21, and then had my first hit when I was 23. And uh, from then, from there. 
to then, it's just been kind of a crazy. And 20 number one since then. It's uh, been a crazy roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> that is crazy. Sure. Yeah. I'm just talking about your songwriting for a little bit because that's a super important part, clearly, of, sure. of, of what you do in addition to being an artist and having written so many huge songs that a lot of people wouldn't even know your fingers yeah. were involved. I mean, for example, she had me at Heads Carolina yeah. recently, the huge yeah. hit for Cole Swindell. You, you were all over that yeah. as well. Do you still get as a thrill from that when, because it's kind of like a little secret. It is. In some sort of way, you know? It's kind of, yeah, it's one of those things like when your peers that you respect who are also incredible songwriters like Cole Swindell. I mean, Mm. Cole's written a a couple of my hits, like he's written hits all over Nashville. For him to have asked me to be in that room because he thought I had something to offer to that song was a huge compliment to me. And then to take it a step further, him cutting it, I think his record was finished. Oh, right. Um, And we wrote that song. Oh, that's a classic And he kind of had to go to the label and be like, hey, I think this is a big, a big hit, and they. I think they delayed the record, you know, a couple of weeks to get that song added to the album, and then next thing you know, he was like, "I think it's gonna be the single," and I was like, "God, please let this work." You know, what I mean, I, I don't want to be the guy responsible for <laughs> yeah. the delaying of a record, and well, in that a way, it's good that and, it's kind of a secret sometimes, yeah, right? Because sure. if, uh, if it then, works, then great, all the glory. If it yeah, doesn't, uh. and then it came out, and it was just all you would see on TikTok and. Instagram and I was like, that's a pretty sure. Well, because nineties country was such uh-huh. a moment. I mean, certainly, you know, not only for people my age who kind of grew up sure. listening to nineties country, but also just it, it's back. Nineties country is back. Way back. And not only has that song been so massive, it also had such a knock-on effect for Jody Messina, which for is sure. a wonderful thing. Yeah, you know, because know. now she's flying high, which is wonderful. It was really cool, man. I even even talking to a bunch of like promoters in town, like after that song came out, you know, Jody Messina was getting booked on yes. almost every festival that we were all a part of. And I was like, that's amazing. Um but yeah, that song in itself was such a massive hit. And mm. so I just think it was familiar immediately and then then you have a brand new story attached to something that's already familiar, and I think that's what made that song so big. So. Uh, ever seen Cole Swindell without a hat? Never seen Cole Swindell without a hat. You ever seen him without a hat? In catering. All right, so on, it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah, La- but very rarely ever. Yeah. Lainey Wilson reckons he's got a huge old perm under that hat. <laughs> yeah, he might. You keep he it might. secret. Listen, keep, let the mystery, let the mystery <laughs> yeah, be, sure. please. Uh, so last year we got the album Where We Started, uh, huge country radio songs yeah. on that. Uh, Half of Me with Riley Green, Slow Down Summer, and, yeah. and Miss Katy Perry yeah. on there as well, which is a, is a great thing. I love playing that song on the radio because yeah. it's like the only time ever I'm going to say on country radio, right. Katy Perry. I know. But she's got a real love of, of country music. It she seems. does. She's been dipping her toe into it quite a bit. She grew up in the South and... Um you know, she grew up kind of singing like hymns and gospel music and grew up around country music. And yeah. um, so even though that was never really a part of her professional career, she didn't unknow it. Yeah, you know? of course. And, and, uh, but that whole song came about so randomly because that song was never really intended to be a feature. I wrote that song with a good buddy of mine named John Bellion, who is one of my favorite pop writers and pop artists. And uh, we wrote that song at my farm. And um it was the record was supposed to come out in a couple months and uh there was a a lady at my record label named allison jones who suggested we put a feature on that track and i just remember being like well who do you who are you thinking and she said i'm gonna send this to katie perry's team and it threw me for a whirl not because i wouldn't want katie perry to sing on that song but i just didn't think katie would do it right you know what i mean like getting getting a pop collab done in writing contract finished is very very hard to do there's just so many people involved and she just emailed back and was like, I love this. I resonate with this. I'm going to put my vocal on it next week, send you a mix. And when she sent me the mix, I was like, this is what it was supposed to be the entire time. 
So. Oh, it's a fantastic thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a few artists, pop artists, that I'm convinced we're going to get full-on country albums from at Probably. some point in Probably. their career, right? Katy Perry is one of them, and another one that I'm convinced is going to release a country album, Pink. Probably so. Come on, Pink. Yeah. I mean, seriously, because she clearly loves country 100%. music, right? Yeah. She's got, the, she's got those bona fides. And we'll probably crush it. Oh, absolutely you know? crush it. Completely. And, and, and sing the country songs like on a trapeze. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, yeah, really, <laughs> she's really going to make us up all of our yeah, games. We're exactly. Flying the next everywhere. time you come over, you'll have to bring a trapeze, <laughs> yeah. a flaming trapeze. Um, so your song, Angels <laughs> Don't Always Have Wings, um, is just beautiful. Thank and you. and it, it got me thinking um, because you've got some really great kind of mellow ballads. And mm -hmm. then, of course, we've got all of your kind of, you know, upbeat party sure. songs and and um and also loads of really personal songs as well you know talking clearly about your life yeah and the great thing about music is it doesn't have to be a lived experience sure. you know that you're an artist you can put yourself in those things yeah. and then people relate to it in the way that they do and everybody resonates with it differently but yours there's no confusing the fact that these are lived experiences <laughs> yeah. for you so when it comes to not performing them necessarily but actually songwriting them yeah. does it depend on your mood or what's going on or do you have a preferred kind of like do you enjoy writing one or the other? Does one come more naturally to yeah. you? Is it hard to dig deep sometimes? Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, if I were to pull up, I could pull you up 30 demos right now and, right. and play Let's you. have them. We got time. <laughs> play them all. And I could play half of songs I wrote and then half songs that have been getting pitched to me, all songs that I love. You would be able to probably tell which songs I was involved in. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I've kind of created this... Yeah, you've got a DNA that thing, shines through um, with these things, yeah. And uh, when I sit down to write a song, a heartstring ballad about my life is more than likely going to pour out. Mm. Like for me to sit down and write an up-tempo song about something else that's not happening in my life is like pulling teeth, which is like, thank God for co-writers. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? okay. Like, there, I mean, literally it gets to a point sometimes where writers are like, hey, today I'm going to start a kick drum loop and when it's going to be at 145 BPM and we have to write something quick today. we got to write something upbeat So drink your coffee. Yeah, exactly. So drink your coffee. But yeah, man, I, I really do try to have such a, a mixture of those things because at some point it's like, do people already know everything about my life? Because I mean, I've put six records out. There's been so much content about my life that I am now finally starting to delve into the other like, side of the songwriting brain. And it's like, I've never lived this but I could have, mm. or I know someone that did. Let's write from that perspective. I think over the last six records, it's been like, if I haven't personally lived it, I don't know how to say it authentically. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? But after like six albums of that kind of content, it's like maybe it's time for a little shift in your brain. And yeah, man, I, I've always written extremely personal, obviously with the consent of the people that I'm writing about and for, especially my wife. But, uh, <laughs> that helps. Um, but it's been fun, man. It's been awesome to watch other people resonate with a story that is so insanely personal. That yeah, other people I mean, are just like, man, I, that's kind of my life too. So. Yeah, and even if they didn't live it exactly in that way, you know, something There's that they can that relate did, to, yeah. and that's a great thing. For and sure. also, it, it's a wonderful thing how open you are with that stuff, because not every artist is like that, and that is totally valid sure. as well, right? Some people want to keep that stuff bottled up, because yeah. I think sometimes there's a worry that once you kind of let that genie out of the bottle, you can't put it back in. Yeah. And if you're inviting people into your personal life, then they suddenly feel like they have the right to dig in further. No doubt. And watching it from the UK, maybe we're, we're not getting all of that, but it doesn't seem like that's happened to sure. you. It, it seems like that, for the most part, people kind of take what you give them and they're yeah. like, great, I feel like I know Thomas and his no doubt. TR yeah, and, his, sure. and his family. In terms of like you and your wife and the family mm. that you have 
built um, kind of by hook or by crook, yeah. you know, pure desire to have a family. Sure. I think so many people can relate to that in different ways because there's a lot of people who, who want kids and for whatever reason can't quite make that happen and sure. they go about it in a different way yeah. and then maybe a surprise comes along for after sure. you've decided on that, you know, for and sure. that you've got this lovely big family. Yeah. Was that ever a discussion about kind of putting that stuff out there with, with you and your wife? Yeah, no doubt. I remember there was always like real personal stuff on each record, but it wasn't really until like Life Changes was uh, a page out of a notebook. That record was finished and the record was actually going to be called 16. And we thought that 16 was going to be the lead single off the record. And I went out to my farm with my dad and Jesse Frazier and Ashley Gorley, who I've done tons of work with on my records. And I was like in the middle of the of our adoption process with our oldest child, Willa Gray. My wife was also pregnant. My career was starting to really pop, Die Happy Man, T-shirt, all those songs that just kind of plateaued. And, and then we were like, what are we going to do next? You know, and and, uh, and my dad just looked at me that day and he was like, man, your life is shifting drastically. And that's when we sat down and wrote Life Changes. And when we finished that song, I was like, not a chance that this song, this is just too much. What, you too didn't want to release it? I didn't you... want to release it. Right, I, I, I thought, you. this is a lot of info. It you is, I mean? yeah. Um, and do people care? Uh, and the next thing you know, the song somehow made its way to a bunch of my record label folks' ears. Scott Scott Borchetta, the guy that runs our, our label, called me and said, dude, change of plans. Let's call the record Life Changes, and I, I think this is going to be a huge song off this record. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> You're wrong. It's not. Let's go with the original plan. And I remember Life Changes came out like either second or third on that record, and it just resonated insanely with a bunch of people. Mm. Um and it was like at that point, it was like, okay, maybe maybe there isn't something that you can't say about your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that spurred songs like Angels Don't Always Have Wings. And that spurred songs like Remember You Young. And uh, yeah, it just kind of came my thing. It was like, man, I'm just kind of an open book and here to share my story you know, via music and records. So. Well, that's what great art is, right? You know, yeah. kind of laying that stuff bare. So thank you for, for sure. doing that. Yeah. We got to talk about C2C. I mean, Let's that's the it. whole reason we're we're sat here yeah. in a building with a big old antenna on top of it. <laughs> You're over here to play C2C. We were saying it's been quite a while since you've been over. Um, everybody always talks about UK fans, you know, yeah. and certainly UK fans have taken you to heart, even though it's been for a sure. while since you've been over. And we talked about kind of all those changes that have happened since since the last time you were over. But but what's it like for you when you're coming over here? You seem like a, you seem like a guy that likes to travel and experience. Yeah. new things. I love it, man. You know, I got my first little taste of playing here and in Australia and in Canada, you know, probably seven or eight years ago. And right. I just thought, how's this going to go? You know what I mean? Like, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if anybody knew who we were. I wasn't sure if anybody knew about the music. And I remember my first C2C got to open for Miranda Lambert and Dwight Yoakam yep. doing the same run that we're about to do this yep. weekend. But I was like, first of three, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, getting to watch folks um, here and in Ireland and in and in Scotland, like sing not only like our hits, but songs that were not hits as well. And that was really the first time that I'd ever experienced that. Yeah, deep dive. And so like even this week, like we're pulling songs out from previous records or songs off this current record that were not hits in America and and gonna play them because we've been asked to by you know fans and, and they'll and know every single word. And uh, <laughs> so you know it, it takes a little bit more rehearsal on me and the band's part. Cause like, hey, we need to learn some of these older tunes because 
we think they're going to be kind of a, a big deal during the show. And so um, that is like my biggest compliment towards UK fans is like y'all really dive into an album. And, and it keeps, you know, I guess it's not it, the norm. it keeps you on your toes a little bit as well, because if you're saying like, not that not that you ever go into automatic mode, but you know, if, you're, sure. if you're on tour and you kind of know your set list and yeah. that's what it is, but then suddenly you come over here and you're like, wait, hold on, let's play this song we've not played in right. years and years. Like yeah. it kind of adds a little bit of free song. But yeah, I mean, we, we did like a whole two week run over here in 2018 where we, I think we did like 12 shows, you know, even down into Belgium and down into Amsterdam. Yeah. And the set kind of changed every night. And that's like a, that's fun for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when we do like a North American tour, it's like, how do we make this as set in stone as possible? You know what I mean? Because you, you're working with all your video stuff and your fire and all, sure, and all the things yeah. that do the thing. And then, you know, over here, it's, it's really just about the music. These are some of my favorite shows in the world to play. And I'm thrilled to be able to headline them alongside Lady A and Zach Brown and especially on our night having Laney out there with us oh, me yeah. and Laney are going to do a song together in London right um, okay that's what I was going to ask any yeah. surprises any, yeah. you bring in anybody else so Laney great yeah I think I've got another buddy coming out but we'll, we'll save all that right, surprise so I, all right, you, you don't have to say who this is but I feel like this buddy is in this building right now as we he, speak he might be he, he, there, there is <laughs> a buddy of yours in yeah. this building um, he, I think he's busy doing other stuff or we would have yeah, dragged him in here he's still on the fence if he wants to sing with me or not this is a former member of one of the biggest boy bands Correct. in the world all right, we, uh, we're not saying his name <laughs> We're not saying his name, but we'll, we'll let people figure that out. Uh, do you bring the family over with you? No, we did not. We were all supposed to do a big trip. Uh-oh, a bachelor in town on his own. I know, I know. We were all supposed to do a big trip, and then, unfortunately, there was a few people in my family and extended family that got sick. Oh, and no, so okay. They miss it so bad, and we're going we're gonna to do this trip next year together. So Fantastic. Yep. So you're coming back next year? Maybe as a trip. What? <laughs> might, might do some pop-ups. Exclusive, you know, exclusive. Great, good to I know. I might just be playing in, in Piccadilly Circus. Do I it. saw a dude jamming yesterday. Yeah, so. it happens. You'll get some coins. Yeah. For, absolutely. Hopefully, we will see you when you come back over. Do you get any time to do anything when you're not performing over here? I think I walked like six miles yesterday. Yeah. Just been going everywhere. I've been on the search for some gifts for the kids to bring back. So if you have any recommendations. Oh, FAO. No, FAO Schwartz is the New York one. What's the, what's the Brit Hamley's toy Hamleys. store? Yeah, right around right, the corner. That's where I'm going to go after You're this good then. to go. Thomas Rhett, TR, to his friends TR. and neighbors. Thank you so much yes, for sir. coming in to see us. Uh, looking forward to this weekend. Me too, man. The Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. An in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music. So good to chat to Thomas Rhett, TR, to his friends and neighbors. And while you're here, just make sure, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Country Music Talk podcast so you never miss the latest interviews with the biggest guests. And I'll see you on the next one. Have a good one. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. It's the place where real music matters, and we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK, or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. 